Yeah, actually, this none of none of the things in the report were a huge surprise to me. Yeah. I'm just glad that the anecdotal evidence that I witnessed <laughs> on site is now in hard data, um, so that I can provide that to our clients and to to others to educate them on what I already know. So thank you, Euphorus and College House, for this. Uh, you have no idea how how much it's going to help my life. <laughs> Don't you just love it when your gut feeling or your anecdotal observations end up being backed up with facts and data? Yeah, I'm, I'm constantly amazed at the EQ level of student housing staff. But it's a fact and you know, generally a good practice to survey and analyze that survey data so you can give confidence to your clients and, and supervisors why your decision is the right one. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Again, welcome to the Student Housing Insight Podcast. I'm your host, Wesley Dees, and I hope you are doing well. That little soundbite was from Jordan Manley at CA Ventures. And Jordan actually got married over the summer, so I'd need to learn her new last name. But she is their director of new development, and the audio was from a webinar we did back in May called Marketing Your New Development or Value-Add Renovation. Yeah, we've done some great webinars on the SHI platform, uh, and we're going to be announcing some new ones for 2022. If you would like to be the first to know about those webinars, make sure you join the Student Housing Insight community. You can do that by going to our website up in the upper right-hand corner. Um, there's a link there for you to for you to join. Community members get access to our complete online platform that provides forums for all topics on student housing and provides a ton of resources as well. You can also post jobs or search job posts. But joining the community also puts you on the list to receive email and text notification when we open up registration for any of our webinars. Before we get into today's episode, let's hear a word from our sponsor, Vector Travel. Do you have fully vacant units on your property that you have mothballed until next semester? If you do, I bet you've thought to yourself, we should list those on Airbnb for game day weekends or for parents visiting their kids. Maybe you're in a college town like Austin or Raleigh or Tallahassee, and your city has large festivals and not enough hotel rooms. You know you could lease those units on a nightly or a weekly basis. Providing short-term rentals on platforms like Airbnb can provide a great source of ancillary income. But it takes some, uh, all right, excuse me, it takes a lot of organization. There's the additional setup of providing linens and coffee makers and all the little things that a short-term tenant will expect. Then there's the regulatory and tax issues that could require additional work. More importantly, there's the time and labor to market on all the multiple platforms, handle the reservations and cancellations, the cleaning, and then there's the bookkeeping. All of this turns into a big distraction from the main job at hand, which is operating and leasing your property. 
That's where vector travel comes in. These guys know the short-term rental industry and they know how to relieve all of those burdens from the property manager. And best of all, they've become experts in how to do that with student properties. They understand the complexity of mixing travelers with college students. They know it so well, they can quickly identify if a student property is not going to be a good fit for their program. So if you have vacant units, reach out to Vector Travel and have them do a free, no obligation assessment to determine if enrolling your vacant units in their program will be beneficial. Go to vectorstays.com forward slash SHI. Fill out a quick form to receive more information. You will also get the first month service fee waived by going to that specific landing page. Again, that's vectorstays.com forward slash SHI. So have you ever leased out a new development? How was it? Did you like it? Would you do it again? Are you one of those crazy people who want to lease new developments and that's all you want to do? I used to be one of those crazy people. <laughs> and it used to be enjoyable. But man, new development in student housing has become so stressful the past few years. You know, except for on-campus developments, no one seems to be able to deliver on time. A lot of reasons for that, but that's, that's another episode. But back in May, Euphorus VR, which is my favorite company for virtual reality rendering, released a study in partnership with College House Research. The, the study or the report is called New Development Trends and Student Housing Insights for 2021. It's their first installment of an annual report they are producing to help developers understand what students across the U.S. value. Uh, what they value the most in regards to amenities, property websites, and other resident services. The, they survey the students in, in kind of each region of the U.S., and they compare those survey questions to how new developments in those regions are leasing up their first year. It's very insightful, and if you'd like to have your own copy of it, I'll make sure to add a link to the report in the episode description, so go look for that. But anyway, I, I asked you for us if I could get an early copy of the report and distribute it to some of my friends in the industry who are actively involved in the marketing of new developments like Jordan. And, you know, we would have a webinar to discuss those findings and, you know, help you for us get this report out to the student housing world. So in today's episode, we are sharing that conversation with the podcast audience. We had a great panel of student housing leasing all-stars is the only way I can really uh, explain it. These guys are, are fantastic. So I'm really excited to share this with you. So let's jump into it. Guys, thanks so much for, for joining. I know um, you guys got Euphorus's report in advance of today, and, and I'm sure there is um, there's some things from that that you've been able to to pick out that you want to that you want to talk about. But really quick, let me go through through the introductions uh, for those that may not know who we're talking to today. What I'll do is I'll just go through and and introduce you guys individually, and then there's two questions I want you guys to to let our audience know. One, how many lease-ups of, of new developments and, and renovations have you been a part of? 
And then also uh, how many of those are home runs? We'll, we'll, we'll qualify that as a uh, 93% occupancy at move in. Uh, Cause it's one thing to do a new move in or a new dev. It's another thing to be successful at it. So, and, and I know you guys have had some great success. So I want to make sure that we highlight that, but first up, we've got Adam J who is the associate vice president of new development marketing at landmark properties. Adam, how are you doing? Hey, Wes, I'm great. How are you? Doing great. So um, how many, how many and how many home runs? Yeah. So um, since 2013, I've been involved with 21 uh, new developments at Landmark. Um, that includes our 2021 deliveries that we're currently working to fill up for this coming August. Six of those have been home runs um, through 2020. And then including the 2021 deliveries looking ahead, Right now, we have got about four that are 87% pre-leased or higher, so we're expecting those to be home runs, and then a couple more that are 70, 75% or higher, and we think we've got a great shot at making those home runs as well. So, you know, last year was a doozy. I feel like we've, back, uh, we've bounced back really well and excited to see um, all these new developments open uh, in a couple of months. Well, great. And joining us next is Chelsea Harper. She's a regional manager with the Price Company. Um, she's also the regional manager of a property that's being developed just uh, about a half a mile down the street from our offices here in, in Rock Hill, South Carolina um, at Winthrop University. And it's 100% pre-leased. So, uh, so Chelsea, tell us a little bit about, about yourself and how many new devs and renovations as well as uh, how many home runs. Obviously, there's one. Yeah, I was about to say, you just hit on my current uh, biggest home run, but um, my the, another one in Clemson is right behind it. So I'm very excited to be in 2021 and away from 2020. I was fortunate enough not to have any deliveries, uh, new deliveries in 2020. Um, so I got around that a little bit. But um, all in all, I've been part of um, six new developments. Um, all of them were successful, fortunately. Um, and around seven major renovations, and all of them were um, considered home runs as well. So I've been very fortunate in that aspect. Well, great. Well, next we've got Jessica Mancuso from uh, Asset Living. She is their director of new development marketing. Jessica, welcome to the webinar. Great to be here for all of you guys. Thank you. Hi to everyone who is in the audience from their offices, and especially hi to the Asset Living team that's on today. Since coming back into the new development role that last year and the capacity that I'm in, that I'm in we have um, been a part of 30 different lease-ups, uh, 17 of those for the 2021 season and uh, the rest for 2022. Right now we're on pace to hit 13 of those sites um, as home runs and the rest that we've acquired kind of later in the season, hopefully doing the same. So quite a bit. Well, great. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. And next up, we've got Jordan Manley, who is Director of New Development at CA Ventures. Jordan, how are you? I'm wonderful. Um, thank you for having me. Excited to talk through some virtual new development stuff today. I have actually been involved in 55 lease-ups over the course of my career. Um, and as far as home runs, if we're keeping with the baseball analogy, my batting average is a 5.45, so a little over half. Um, but if we're talking stabilization post move in, almost all of them. Yeah, you guys have done great at CA Ventures, and um, I, I've 
followed your career with a couple of companies you were with before uh, before landing at CA Ventures. So uh, I, I know you know your new development. So. <laughs> I love it. Hey, I'm crazy, but I love it. <laughs> well, um, the, the last but certainly not least panelist here is, uh, is not from a development company, but is Victoria Inchil, who is the CEO and co-founder of Empower PMC. PMC stands for Property Management Consultants. Victoria, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, we actually, uh, one of my clients had uh, had Empower at one of uh, at one of their properties this uh, past year. A property that's you know just has done it. You guys just blew it away. Property has uh, not leased up very well in the past couple of years and you guys just just blew it away so um excited to have you on here you know new development like no other uh, <laughs> and and although you may not be uh on a on a development team per se you are uh, you are the leasing assassin for so many of the new development companies that are out there so <laughs> glad to have you but hey how many new devs and how many home runs Yes. So we've had 13 new devs and 10 of them were uh, a success and um, about three of them were a success at moving. So pretty, pretty cool home run there. Well, fantastic. Well, hey, let's let's jump into it. You know, as as just mentioned, uh, you know, you guys are, are tasked with selling dirt. You know, when when you launch your marketing campaigns, the property may not have even been not even be vertical yet. You know, you guys have to draw that illustration, that picture, you know, for, for prospects on what the property is going to look like, what it's going to feel like. I've been in your leasing offices, you know, in those locations. I, I've seen everything mocked up from, you know, the mini models to, you know, the, the virtual reality rooms, uh, you know, to, to, you know, some kind of designated corner where you put VR goggles on. Obviously, it takes you know both a, a, an interactive leasing center as well as an interactive website to to get the job done with a new development and leasing it up. But I'm, I'm wondering, and this is going to be another poll question that I'm going to send out to everyone: Which one would you lose more sleep over? One would it be your leasing office having a, a day long power outage, or two, the property website being hacked and down for 24 hours? Let's assume this is mid-February and it's in the height of, of leasing season. Adam, we'll start with you. Uh, 100% I would lose sleep over the website being down without question. And, and Jess mentioned this earlier when she was reviewing the report, but so many students are going and looking at our websites before they even reach out to the office or, or think about making an appointment for a tour. Um, and, and we're seeing more and more every year students feel comfortable doing all of their research and shopping online and making a decision to sign a lease without ever contacting the office. So absolutely, you know, having your website be down for 24 hours, in, in my opinion, is uh, a worst case scenario versus um, the, you know, the power being out at the office. Um, I agree with Adam, hands down, I would break out. And so I still break out all the time when the websites go down. Um, I think everyone's goal in marketing is to drive uh, all of our traffic to our website. That's where all of our floor plans, renderings, um, on-site leasing is, is um, or online leasing is through our websites. So um, I would get frantic if the website. Gotcha. 
All right. I think, and it was just, I'm, I'm a little distracted here at our poll. We've got 61% that have voted so far and 79% are saying having the website down for, for 24 hours. So if you haven't voted yet and, and you're in that leasing position or you're overseeing a portfolio, I'd love to, uh, love to get your input on that. So uh, Jessica, how about you? Which one would you prefer? I mean, Which I one would you sl- lose yeah, the most yeah. sleep over? <laughs> I'm going to have to go with number two as well. I mean, you know, the great thing about online leasing is that you can lease from anywhere. You can lease from your pajamas in your home. You can lease from, you know, a study room on campus. So I would say definitely number two, found ourselves in positions where you've had short delays on leasing office spaces, but we've still found ways to deliver leases to our clients and to the team. So um, definitely number two would, would um, make me lose a lot of sleep there. All right. Jordan. I concur with the group. I mean, I think the people have spoken, right? I mean, we, I mean, we're leasing on Instagram, even some of these folks, you never even speak to them until they actually show up on move-in day. Uh, and, you know, like I said, I mean, Instagram website, I mean, everything is the virtual. We've got even got the chat feature on the website. So just in case they were like, you know, that phone or the text is not going to be, you know, I, that's too much. That's one step too many. They can just be on the website and chat us. So, yeah, of course. Victoria, I'm really interested in your answer on this because nothing, nothing keeps empowered. <laughs> so, but, but I'm interested because you, you guys are, are very, you know, kind of hot touch and, and like to get in front of your, in front of, in front of the students. So which one, which one would you lose more sleep over? Yeah, I would lose my mind if the website went down. Um, <laughs> uh, because leasing is essentially the number one part of the lease up, right? Everyone has a role to play, but without the leases, no one has a job. Um, and so to lose something so important to be able to sign your lease, complete an application will literally have me calling everyone in the company. What happened? Get it right back up. Um, so hundred percent, the property website, uh, Jordan will tell you that if all else fails, you have paper applications and paper leases ready to go. So Get do not going, girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the website 100 well great and it it looks like a you know 81 percent say that they're going to lose more sleep over uh having their website down for for 24 hours so good to hear and caitlin i see your comment there uh working out of a coffee shop has been a vibe for some time so um in fact i got a comment about that i want to make here in a little bit (laughs) but completely agree with that uh so anyway hey let's let me end this poll really quick and let's move on to the next question I had for you guys. Uh, you know, when you talk about U-Force's report uh, and, and we talked about Instagram and how important that was to, to get out, was there, you guys have had the report for a couple of days. I'm just wondering, and Victoria, we'll start with you. Was there anything that stood out to, to the report that you would, you know, encourage our folks to make sure they, they tune into? When they get it? Absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, we've partnered with Euphoris for a while. And I can tell you with our thought process of virtual leasing, their way of creating their renderings and um, the virtual leasing online is essential in getting the leases because, like Jordan said, 
not everyone is going to come in to actually see your leasing office. So you have to have that presentation online way in advance to be able to, to get the leases that you need. Um, I was uh, not really surprised, but a little surprised as to some of the properties in the Southwest having to start Q1 of the prior year. But I can definitely see how the numbers are represented in, in uh, the research that they did. But uh, I was a a little surprised, but I'm excited to pick up that new information to be able to use that going forward. But I absolutely love them. If you know me, you know, I would rather lease you over the phone than to have you come into the leasing office. And so the content they provide is always 100% in, in getting the leases. So great. Jordan. Yeah, actually, this none of none of the things in the report were a huge surprise to me. Yeah. I'm just glad that the anecdotal evidence that I witnessed <laughs> on site is now in hard data, um, so that I can provide that to our clients and to to others to educate them on what I already know. So thank you, Euphorus and College House, for this. Uh, you have no idea how how much it's going to help my life. Um, but that being said, I will say the two things I was very happy to see in the report was that students look at your community on social social media before reaching out, something we know, but now it's proven. And then the second thing, uh, which may have been a less evident to, to some, is that 64% of students are most likely to sign a lease for a specific apartment feature um, versus 57 for the community uh, amenities. So I actually have always felt that having in-unit features that serve the students in, in the best way, um, usable square footage, being able to have your uh, dual cabinetry, all of those things that can serve multiple purposes is actually more appealing to a student. And, and now we know that the numbers prove that. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jessica, anything else to add to that? Uh, to echo a little bit about um, what Jordan said on page 18, the statistic 88 to 92% of students look online before ever looking in person at your property. And that's a staggering number. Um, and that's across the whole country. So we have to be pristine and precise when, when we deliver any type of online presence. And then the statistic on page 13 really stood out to me. It's substantial because it talks about when you're a developer and you're building a special space for uh, the consumer, whether that be like a podcast booth, media room, or a really special unique coffee bar, that's the space that you're going to want to render out because that's what they want to see in the, the VR, the fly-through video. So as developers or as uh, a third-party management company, we're going to want to advise our clients to render out that area. Yeah. Chelsea. Um, so the statistic that I picked up on from um, the presentation she sent that she just touched on briefly um, right before Jess wrapped up was um, the importance of the staff. Um, because kind of like Jordan mentioned, a lot of the things that we've discussed so far are things that those of us in the industry who've been here for a long time just got like reaffirmation of. And, and, and mine would be that the staff is still super important, you know. The name of the game is to get everybody driven to your social media and to your website. But once they get to that point, they're going to make contact with your staff. Um, and I think really hit, hitting home that the having the right people in the office is important, um, is pretty critical. And one thing that we do a little bit differently is that um, our teams in the lease up offices are oftentimes the folks who go straight to operations. So it, it made me feel really good about the importance of how 
how specific we've been with selecting the teams that go into the leasing spaces. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Adam. So I was thinking the exact same thing that Jordan said, where you know nothing was a, was necessarily surprising in the report, right. but it's really nice to see some hard data um, that kind of supports what we have known anecdotally, you know, for years and, you know, what we kind of, you know, report to our, our higher ups when we, you know, talk about what's important and having a successful lease up. Um, so that is fantastic. And I think that'll be a huge help um, kind of moving forward for us to re refer back to. I did think it was very interesting to see the, the dynamic um, from students from the different regions in the U.S. and how they, you know, what amenities seemed important to them and whether or not they wanted to see a virtual rendering of those. I think, you know, if like for Landmark, for example, we're a development, uh, you know, development company that's based in Athens, Georgia, um, here in the Southeast. So, you know, I know me personally, I tend to always think we've got to have renderings of our pool, got to have the fitness center, you know, the big popular amenities that you see almost everywhere. But you know, if you're building a property in a different region, maybe those aren't the most important things to show off and to promote. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say that that's surprising, but I think it's really nice to see the data for it. Yeah. And we'll definitely, you know, take that into consideration when, you know, uh, deciding how to promote our amenities, uh, you know, from here on out. So, so let's talk about that, that, that tease phase is, is what I call it. I don't know if you guys call it the same thing, but you know, that 18 to 24 months, you know, before move in when, uh, you know, when I was, got started in this industry, that tease phase, we were literally breaking ground in September and, and, and October, you know, with a lot of this garden style home stuff that was so you know prevalent when I was doing new development. And so, it's uh, or very active in new development and doing the lease up part of it. And so, you know, a tease may have been, you know, before the last student newspaper, you know, went out for a spring semester, you know, getting some kind of, uh, of article, you know, in that about, you know, something new coming, but now it's literally 18 to two years before anything, uh, you know, before the property is being delivered and you guys are having to, go ahead and get IG accounts set up. You're, you're launching the website. I, I'm just, I'm curious, can you guys kind of lay out for the audience? You know, maybe there's somebody that that's looking to, to do their first lease up. What, what all has to be done in that tease phase, both, but you know, both digitally as well as boots on the ground, because I think, you know, I've seen some of what, of what your companies are doing as far as making sure that it's not just a digital presence, but You've actually got ambassadors that are, are some type of influencers that are out on campus. Can you kind of lay that out for us? And what is it that you're doing to make sure that that student body is aware that this project is coming? Uh, Jessica, we'll start with you. Yeah, happy to start on this one. And Wes, I think undoubtedly it's the people that you have around the project. And that's from the beginning buzz all the way through to the long-term success of any site. It's the people that you have and that they're true ambassadors of the brand and the product that you're putting out in the market. Um, and I'm so grateful for the team I have around me. Um, and then additionally, it's key partnerships within the market that you're building within hotspots or on university campuses. And then it's disruptive advertising that says, hey, this new development is here. And it's the hottest thing in off campus um, this coming season. So you better get it while it's hot. Right. Jordan. 
I love a good spring tease. That's what I like to call it. <laughs> um, and a good spring tease is going to start with a great campaign. And so um, when we look at doing spring teases, we and evaluate it because it, obviously it, it costs money. So we evaluate our markets and identify, do we have some very early markets? Do we have some very competitive markets? Let's go get in there in April. And uh, it's too prompt, right? So we develop the campaign and we launch it digitally as well as boost on the ground. So uh, what that looks like, for instance, we did this in Auburn. I go out with uh, usually a Rockstar PM or LMM or both that join me on the trip for a week-long street teaming um, and engagement with the, the students at Auburn University. And then um, while we're actually giving away swag, driving traffic to our splash page um, to get them excited and pumped and signing up for our VIP list. We're also inviting them to an event. So we usually host an event on Thursday night. That's usually the thirsty Thursday college nights that um, everyone likes to attend. Um, we, we give away prizes, um, but we're really just talking about our property, talking about what's coming um, so that before they leave for summer break, when they come back, they're anticipating seeing uh, that project uh, coming out of the ground and that, uh, you know, they're ready to sign their lease when we launch in August. And in, in the example of Auburn, um, when we did launch four months later in August, we were full by the end of February for that lease up. And I believe we did about 40 rate increases over the course of that, that uh, lease up as well. So super um, beneficial, not beneficial in all markets. And I will say that if you go too early, um, you're just kind of burning some money and burning some time. Um, you want it to be more in the April, maybe really April time period, because May you get into the exams um, and they're leaving and parents are around. April's that sweet spot that you want to go to the market. Gotcha. Adam. Yeah, I, I may have to steal Jordan's spring tease term because uh, that's definitely a lot cooler than what we what I've referred to. <laughs> Adam, you can have it. I, I will rock with it. Go for um, it. I like that a lot. So yeah, the spring visits is, has been a big thing for Landmark. Um, and like Jordan said, I think it's very important in markets that you think um, are early or are going to be very competitive. While we may not do it at all of them, we definitely you know want to take a look and evaluate whether or not we think it's needed. But Generally, around um, April timeframe, have um, people that work on our lease ups in another market, maybe even the team that's supposed to go to that market uh, in the fall, go on the ground for about a week, you know, start up the social media, go around and try to build up our following, um, hand out promotional events ahead of time, you know, before being boots on the ground, we would have tried to schedule Greek chapter meetings, hit as many of those as possible. Um, and then have a nice event probably on a Thursday night where we can actually interact with students on, you know, where they are, you know, enjoying some drinks and, and socializing um, and really, you know, show them why, you know, we have a, a great fun staff and kind of give them a glimpse of the lifestyle that they'll have if they live at our property. And, you know, again, similar to, to what Jordan said, it's just about getting them excited, um, starting to build some brand recognition and making them think about um, your property uh, over the summer and actually looking forward to returning to campus uh, in the fall and, and learning more about it and being excited about um, the start of leasing. Gotcha. Chelsea. Um, so kind of echoing everybody else's thoughts, I, I put together like a, an, a very elementary version of exactly what we do um, on social media to start the buzz. Um, and typically that's just, you know, announcing your logo, like just a simple coming soon 
with your brand. Um, it gives the opportunity for your parent company and um, all of the folks within your company to share it. Um, you know, we all talk about how small student housing is, even though it's large, everybody kind of really knows each other. Um, so you never know when you share these things, who is going to see it and be in a particular market and can help you out. Um, also kind of helps establish some of those relationships in the market that Jordan was referring to. And then, you know, to some of the points that Jess made, you know, then start giving little teasers about what makes your community different. You know, really become familiar with the market, um, highlight the features that your community is going to be bringing to the market that they don't already have. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be amenities. It can be things such as, um, you know, if you're going to be pet friendly and they're not, anything to make your community stand out among the competition is going to benefit you. And then lastly, uh, this is something that everybody's kind of talked about, you know, to complete your brand image, share the staff that's going to be in the office. Um, it makes your Instagram um, and social media super unique, and it helps everybody get uh, a little bit of a base with the brand. Yeah, yeah. Victoria. Absolutely. So, um, you know, we know with student housing, you know, everyone is doing what someone else is doing, right? We're followers when it comes to student housing um, in terms of who's signing a lease and who's not. And so, um, as, as Jessica said, uh, going the route of finding the right influencers in that market to be able to push your brand forward is going to be number one for me. And then, of course, you know, I've done enough new development with Jordan to know her very <laughs> exciting spring teases. So um, I can tell you uh, firsthand that that works tremendously. So if you're not already doing that, definitely do that. But the one thing that I toss in is I do uh, more like a study in which I literally blast every student and um, have them all come together to tell us what they would like to see at the property. Grant Granted, it's not always going to be what they want that's going to be at the property, but the thought process that they think their yeah. opinion matters is going to drive how they speak about the property and telling Good other point. people about it so that they can, you know, sign up for that VIP list and, and apply when the season starts. So that's kind of, you know, a little bit about what I, I do for my thesis. Well, great. So so let's let's move past that, that tease phase. And it, what, what is your preference when choosing a location for a leasing center now you're you're past the tease phase you're you're at a point where you've got to either put a trailer on the site and and mock it up as a leasing center or you've got to choose a a, a retail location that you can do something what what is your preference when choosing that location and I also you know would love to hear your thoughts on you know kind of what elements, you know, the, the furniture samples, the floor plan displays, all those things, you know, are, are absolutely essential for the leasing center. Uh, Jordan, we'll, we'll start with you on this one. Great question. Leasing offices are a very pivotal part of the lease up. And my preference is always to be uh, in the most high traffic areas to capture organic traffic. So put simply go where your students are now. Don't make them come to you. If you can get an A plus location in a retail space that can be outfitted with a leasing reception, a mock model, and even showcase an amenity, I think that that's our ideal situation. That being said, you really only need 1500 square feet 
compete to do a proper leasing office with the leasing reception and mock model. If you want to take it that next step further and incorporate the amenity, which is something that we've been doing the last couple of years, is you know really looking for anything uh, 15 to 2,000 square feet. That being said, um, it's not always your option, right? And um, retail spaces are always fluctuating. Um, and, you know, I know that looking prior to launching the 2020s, um, I mean, it was real hard to find retail. Now, yeah. unfortunately, due to some the pandemic, you can find retail um, in a lot of places. But that would be my first, you know, preference. I will also say that... Um, utilizing VR when you're building out your leasing space is not something that is just supplementary. So it used to be, okay, we're doing a trailer, so we need to supplement with VR. I'm saying best case scenario, you have the full retail space, you have it in that walkable pedestrian traffic area, and you have VR. So if you're planning to do a leasing office in the next 18 months, I would really recommend that you, when you're talking to your architect, or if you're doing it yourself, which can, really uh, let them know that you're going to be having that VR so that they can create a space within the the leasing reception that makes it safe for them to put the goggles on do the you know spin around and do all that um and you know so dedicate a, a space in your office to the the vr and and then of course you know if you do have a trailer i've done a 300 square foot trailer before you know what you can still make it work yeah <laughs> you just have to find different ways to showcase finishes um and your furniture whether you know if you have a small desk make it your your student desk make that chair the, the chair that will come in the unit make it so that um everything they touch and feel in that very small space is something that you're showcasing um, so that would be my advice on smaller spaces. Yeah. Chelsea? Definitely what George said, you know, you want to find a spot with the best foot traffic. Specifically, my preference is to be as close to campus as possible. If you could be in the downtown area that's close to campus, um, that would be your number one choice. If not, definitely try to find a reasonable space where you're going to have foot traffic that students are frequenting. You don't want just pedestrian traffic that is non-student, so that's important. And then, you know, if, if you can't find that, you know, having a trailer that's near the construction site to showcase the location of the community, I think is important um, if you have to go that route, but definitely a retail space is preferable. As far as the essentials in the leasing office go, um, totally agree that you have to have some renderings. You, you have to have the, the virtual stuff. Um, it's essential to lease up your deal now. Um, I think we've gotten way past the days of being able to, you know, just show them photos, photo renderings, it needs to be a walkthrough. And I think that, you know, having 3D floor plans posted up in your office is also essential. And then having all of your specs up. If you have a retail space and your countertops can be the spec counters, which you're going to have cabinets, lighting, flooring, um, all of those features, anything that you can throw in that's going to match what you're going to have on the site, um, I think is very important to being able to sell the property. Um, and then if you have a tight space, you know, it's it's nice if you have a larger space to have the full mock model. But if you've got a tight space, you know, like Jordan said, just throw in stuff where you can. Highlight the, the bedroom furniture. That's normally going to be the most unique furniture anyway. I mean, I'm sorry, living room furniture. The bedroom furniture is normally pretty standard throughout um, the industry. So, you know, whatever you have that's unique, I would highlight that in your leasing office. Gotcha. Adam. 
Yeah, so I, I um, will echo, you know, what Chelsea and Jordan said. I, I think top preference for the type of leasing office would be, um, you know, a, a retail space that is already getting a lot of pedestrian student traffic. I think that's very important to make it easy for them to visit your office. From there, you know, I, I, we've done a wide range of sizes and, and styles of offices over the years. And typically what we do is, you know, start with the floor plan and then think about, you know, what what's the experience going to be like when a student comes in and, and go from there. And that's how we start designing our offices. And if, if it leaves room to do, you know, a kitchen build out, a, a bedroom build out, absolutely. We want to include those things. I think it is very beneficial to have items that students can, you know, touch, see and feel in person. But also we want, we want to give them the a similar experience to you know what it's going to be like when they walk into the new property for the very first time so we also try to pull in elements from the you know interior design at our actual properties um, and and just try to replicate that feeling of you know being on a brand new property a really nice property for the very first time and replicate that the best we can and so that they walk away you know our, from our leasing office having had a memorable experience um, and and VR is, is, you know, you have to have it. You know, I think to, in order to, especially as competitive as the industry is these days, um, it's, it's just not an option to, to not have VR renderings and, and a virtual tour that you can show off in a leasing office and, and on your, um, your website. Um, so I think, I think that's a must as well. So if, if I'm taking notes, it's definitely, you know, having VR as we've, as we've discussed and then, also, I'm hearing a lot about interior design elements, you know, are, are you guys typical? Well, I, I think I know the answer to this question. I'm assuming that, uh, that most of you guys are, are typically budgeting something, you know, with interior design when it comes to, when it comes to those spaces, as well as what they're doing in your permanent leasing office, you know, once you're able to move into the building. Um, absolutely. I, I will say one thing on that, Wes, is that absolutely we are. And and uh, I would recommend you not skimp on it because the um, the accessories, the soft goods, the things that accentuate the things you're providing in the apartment home are key for the student to have that moment of aspiration to move into your community. And so if your accessories, while cute, are simply target accessories, that's not aspirational. Um, and it's what everyone else has, or maybe they already have. You really wanna kick it up a notch. There's a lot of good companies out there that can help you take your leasing office from you know, really basic to the next level. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure you've worked with those companies, Wesley, but um, a lot of resources out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, love the gals at South Park Interiors. I don't know if any of them are joining. That's them, who I was. <laughs> I know Price uses them as well. So, hey, uh, let's let's go to uh, let's go to Victoria and Jessica on that on that question. Anything else there to, to add? Yeah. Um, I agree with everything everyone has said. Um, the only thing that I would add, obviously, my preference being a retail space in a high traffic area, but I have done both and been successful at both. But the one thing that I would mention is that 
regardless of how amazing your retail space is, your model, your trailer is, is the people that are selling it that, that are going to make an impact, right? Yeah. And so if you don't have a team that's bought in to be able to be like, yes, I'm excited about it. Therefore, you should be excited about it. You're not going to get anywhere. People are going to walk in and think it's beautiful and still go somewhere else. So uh, definitely investing in your on-site team when it comes to presenting uh, how beautiful your property is, is going to be um, ideal. Yeah, and a couple things that the group hasn't touched on while I'll air with all the colleagues on this call is that um, we want to have a space for an office for the manager to be able to have private calls, guarantor calls, contract calls, things like that. Also, Instagrammable moment um, in the office or resident wall are some of the things that are popular, but it's all about the experience when you're walking in, the touch, the feel, the smell, the look uh, of how, you, how inviting it is to the prospect. Um, is is really the key there. The, the, all of those elements add to that factor. Um, but great, great answers across the board. And I agree, retail is king, location, 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 high walkable score for sure. So glad you said smell because <laughs> yes, I'm, I, I, I had a client one time that, that got a great spot, but it was right beside of the, you know, the Thursday night bar, right? And it was... Uh, the you know, Friday mornings were just, it was not a time to, even though the sidewalks were clean, there was just, you didn't want to walk into that leasing center. It's just funny that you mentioned that. <laughs> so anyway, it, it, you know, what I'll say go, to go back to, um, I can't remember who made the comment earlier, but you know, there's a lot of stuff that's happened inside of a lot of leasing that's happened in coffee houses. And, and a story I like to share with that is with, uh, with Chase Lawrence and of uh, College Town Properties, he's also a co-founder of of College House. But there's a there's a podcast episode that I never released because there were audio issues and it, you just couldn't do it. But anyway, his first deal was at a uh, was in Knoxville, the Orchard, small I don't know 124 135 bed property, and it was actually he was selling the individual cottages. This is right in the middle of the recession, and he needed to get purchase agreements from from parents and students prior to you know even going to the bank and getting a construction loan. This is you know 2009, 2010. No one's given a, a new developer construction loans, and he signed every single one of those at the at the Starbucks on Cumberland Avenue in Knoxville. And so, and then after he started building, went back there to, to lease the bedrooms as well. So it, it is, it's it's really about what you guys said. It's it's the people, it's the attitude, and all of those other things are are just tools to help them do their job. So yeah, just my two cents. All right. So we've got that leasing center secured and outfitted. We've got the staff on the ground. We've been collecting social media followers, hopefully an email list of people who have visited the website. What does that announcement to those people and the campus at large look like when you're ready for people to start signing leases? You know, do you, do you make that into an event? Um, I know Billy Peterson's on <laughs> is an attendee here. I know she did that. I don't think it was the original lease up, but it was in Chapel Hill where she released the entire building in one day. And uh, I've, got, I've learned a lot of lessons on <laughs> what she, she did there. But tell me, what's the recipe to make sure you get everyone talking about a property that they can't even walk into yet? Chelsea, let's go with you first. 
So I think the launch of the VIP list has been probably the, the best feature that we've had for early sets lately. You start that exclusive deal right off the bat. So, you know, you've already got your social media following. You've got, um, you know, hopefully an email list as well. If you're in a really good market, you've got the student body email list as well. And you start asking people who wants to be part of this VIP list. And you make it feel super exclusive. And the next steps is you invite them to an open house. You get them in, you get them excited about the brand. You get them excited about um, all of the new features they're going to have. Um, and it's only available to them. And then you, you know, you get a big buzz going about the specific day one of lease signing. And when you get ready to launch that campaign, you give them the best rates and specials possible. Because, you know, the atmosphere of the VIP vibe automatically gives your new development a luxury feel. And the excitement is just going to go and pay itself off so much larger than that. You know, if they're excited about signing leases, they're just going to tell all of their friends about it. And your word of mouth has already gotten pretty contagious. So that's what's been super successful for us. Jessica? Yeah, absolutely. So besides the thrill of the VIP list and building that buzz, it's really about the grassroots group, grassroots marketing that you're going to be doing as well, the hand-to-hand flyer, the activation of the digital um, campaign and tweaking it towards the launch that you're going to have um, and going full force with just everything that you're doing during the year, but making that substantially higher. So as Grant Cardone says, it's 10Xing every initiative that you're doing all the way up until the launch. So just turning it up and making sure that there's a focus into that grand opening event, sneak peek event. Victoria, anything to add? Exactly what, what Chelsea said. I've done the exclusive VIP list and, you know, people just want to feel special. People want to feel like, you know, what they're getting is particularly for them and not for everyone else. So the exclusive VIP list is 100% the, the first uh, way to go. You know, having the best rates and specials are also ideal. Usually, you know, we do like a, a small portion uh, of those interested at those special rates, but they existed. Therefore, you know, it kind of creates the word of mouth like, oh, I got this rate. You should go too. You may not get it, but you're still coming for us to be able to convert you. Right. And so those two are, are pretty much um, high on my list. And then creating that huge open house event to be able to bring everybody in to see and showcase what it is that you have to offer is, is pretty up there as well. Adam Jordan, anything else? I, I agree with all those points. I think having a big event where you can get people excited is very important. I think making sure you've um, communicated some something that's making um, students feel like they're, they're having some sort of exclusivity by making the decision early and giving them a reason to want to show up on lease launch day. You know, at Landmark, we kind of over the years have somewhat of a formula that we use leading up to um, lease launch. But I will say, you know, going back to the people that you have on the ground, that is the key um, to having a successful lease launch because we, we take the same approach um, with every market that we go to, but there are teams that do that have a hundred percent knock it out of the park every lease launch. And there are teams that are essentially doing the same thing, um, but then they don't have successful lease launches. And I, and I think that's comes down to them being able to, you know, connect with students and get students excited on a personal level. And, you know, that they really care truly about making sure that there's their lease launch is successful. And so just to kind of bring it back to, you know, talking about how important it is to have the right people on the ground, I think, 
you know, that is absolutely the case for having a successful lease launch at a, at a new lease up. Gotcha. So I, I, in our discussion um, last week in pre preparing for this, we, we talked a little bit about the PTSD factor in a market when another developer prior to yourself is delivered late, especially when it's really late. And some of the pushback that you get from, from students when, you know, you're trying to convince them this is going to be done on time. Um, I, just wondering, and, and, you know, if you guys speak up, I won't, I won't go through because uh, we're getting short on time here, but we'll, we'll start with Victoria. You know, you're the best at overcoming object, objections, Victoria. So I wanted to ask, make sure I got this answer from you. What is it that you found when you found yourself in that situation and students are saying, yeah, I, I'll sign that lease when I feel confident you're going to deliver. How are you overcoming that? Um, I mean, it all starts with communication, right? Being able to communicate the progress of the construction up until that period in which you may or may not be uh, delivered on time is going to be essential. However, when it comes to the objection of, I want to wait until I feel confident, you want to make sure you're giving hard hat tours. You want to make sure you're giving construction updates as to, all right, 30 days ago, this is where we were. And now look at where we're at now. Uh, if you're not able to provide those updates to get Get people to get comfortable with the idea, you're not going to get that lease signed. But we're also in a people business. So essentially, you need someone who is bought in. If your CA is not confident that that property is going to be delivered on time, they're not going to be able to convey that message no matter how hard you try. So making sure that they themselves are bought in and believe that everything is going to be done on time um, is going to be essential in them delivering that message. But hard hat tours always and, and and giving construction updates are the two big ones that you have to, to deliver. And of course, you know, in the event that you're not, okay, you have temporary housing options that you can put them <laughs> in. Um, that's not always sexy, uh, which is why it's third on my list. But first and foremost, doing the hard hat tours um, and then uh, doing the construction update. Guys, any, anyone else want to want to add to that? Those are some great remarks. I know we're running short on time. All right, perfect. So let's talk about construction costs really quick. They've been skyrocketing this past year. Um, as we're all aware, those uh, increases are causing some of the developers to really delay and, and abandon some projects after they already had to shelve them because you know of, of, of COVID. But others are trying to figure out ways that they can stay, they can still make it happen. You know, typically when a developer sees an impact on construction costs, they, they start taking away from the marketing budget. And I'm just wondering, are you guys experiencing that? And if so, what areas of the marketing budget are you pulling back from? Jordan, I'll, I'll start with you on this. Yeah. So are we, are we seeing, you know, uh, the cost of construction impact uh, budgets across the board? Yes. But, you know, I think it's really about um, the open communication um, that we have with our clients, that we have with our development teams. Uh, and we really talk through what's going to impact leasing. Um, where can we make concession in that? Okay. You're telling me that it's, too costly for the pool to be on the roof or, you know, we've got to eliminate the pool. You know, what are we going to do to bring value in its place? 
And honestly, I was thinking about this the other day, because we've talked about this on, you know, with our practice, but I think some of the better ideas and out of the box ideas when it comes to amenity spaces come from some sort of budget squeeze or constraint. And, you know, with this pool example, you know, we're looking at doing a community garden that has, you know, some hammocks around there. We've also done like serenity gardens or done other things that honestly hadn't really thought about before and yeah. you know per you for us and college houses you know study you know if every community in in the market has a luxury massive pool then it stands to reason that there's a group of people out there there's a group of students out there that might be looking for a different experience and if you can provide that alternative um, and sell that lifestyle you're going to find uh your target market your target demographic and people that will stay with you and renew with you yeah jessica i know you're working with a lot of clients, third-party clients that, that are probably facing that same situation or coming back to you guys at asset and saying, okay, we got to pull this from somewhere. So I'm interested in your thoughts on that too. Yeah. Budgets are my jam. Um, but <laughs> I, I love presenting budgets in a way where since we are a third-party management company, we really want to ensure that they know that we have a true partnership with them um, and that we're operating and, and advising per line item or in the entirety of the budget, like it's our own money and it's our own project that we're laying the brickwork ourselves. Um, and so there is this give and take that usually happens and it usually works out um, and we see results because we have a true partnership with our clients where they trust our advice that this dollar amount is going to be sufficient for the Lisa or that we need a certain dollar amount because of these facts. Um, so it always comes with kind of facts where we're also presenting budgets as well. Gotcha. Anybody else want to add to that? Um, I had a client that wanted to touch the marketing budget after it had been approved and <laughs> it all lasted a five days when I had to sit down with them and explain to them the effects of taking that away and how that would affect the leasing. And, you know, with leasing being so important, they retracted faster than anything because the budget was already tight. Sometimes you just can't do what you need to do. Um, and so you, you stand to, to reason with, with the right people and, and see what you can get out of them. But yep, it lasted all the five minutes and they were like, you know what, it's fine. Leasing is important. Go ahead and do what you need to do. So sometimes they, they oblige, sometimes they don't, but I'm glad we have other avenues should the budget be cut, how we, we maneuver forward, but yeah. So last question, and, and this is on renovations. We haven't talked about renovations yet, but I, you know, there's a lot of similarities, especially if it's a rebrand. And, you know, I'm not talking about a renovation where you go out and, and, you know, add a new amenity or redo the clubhouse, right? Like I'm talking about unit renovations, you know, where you're changing out appliances and flooring and, you know, maybe, maybe doing something different with, with cabinetry or furniture or whatever, right? There's a lot of similarities there because the time frame, you know, is a little similar, but you're also dealing with, with current residents and it's, it brings its, you know, it's a whole new set of issues into it. And, you know, unlike new construction, you, you can start with renovating, you know, the model unit and, and that certainly makes the leasing process easier, right? But when it comes to, to marketing those upgrades and getting the word out to students about, you know, a new name, 
I'm just wondering, and Chelsea, I know you're probably our, our biggest expert here um, when it comes to uh, when it comes to renovation. So we'll start with you. Any tips you can give our audience on on renovations and marketing that? Yeah, so um, I mean, both definitely come with their heartburn because anybody that's ever worked with construction knows that it does not go as planned. Um, and any renovation does not go as planned either. Schedules get mixed up and whatnot. Um, so they both come with their challenges. But your advantage here is that, you know, whereas when you have a, a new development, you're looking for a pool of people to collect for that VIP list, you already have to step up on that because you have your own residence. Um, so, you know, first and foremost, go ahead and, and announce that rebrand as quickly as you can. Um, and with the announcement of the rebrand, go ahead and announce what's coming with that. As many of the upgrades and updates as you can possibly include in that, um, I would go ahead and announce that with it. Get the students excited about it, because the more excited that the residents are about these renovations, the less likely they are to be upset with you. Um, when there's construction going on in the unit at eight o'clock in the morning or when they're trying to study for finals and whatnot. Yeah. Um, definitely, like you said, renovate the model as soon as you can. Um, with the renovations, normally you're going to do, if you're doing a major renovation to the units, you're also going to be doing a major renovation to the clubhouse and the amenities. So your staff is probably going to be working out of the model. Um, once mm, you get the model... Point. Once you get the model updated, launch an open house for your residents to come and take a look at it first. Um, you're going to want them to renew before the general public starts to um, lease as well. Um, and then once your staff is in the model, it's easy to showcase um, what those upgrades are going to be, especially if and when you're uh, having to increase rates by a significant margin. With that, it gets them um, the ability to see what they're paying for. Um, my other tip is to, um, or my other two tips, is to make sure you have lots of signage. Um, if you're going to relocate your staff, make sure it's easy to find them in the model. Put a huge banner over the clubhouse explaining why there's a renovation and what's going to come new um, with those renovations. Put little bandit signs throughout the property with, you know, new and improved clubhouse, fitness center, whatever else, and internet upgrades. If you do an internet upgrades, make sure that's in, in there. Um, and then my last piece of advice for renovations is, if you can, make sure that you have a representative from your management company with the vendors at all times. Um, it gives a sense of security for the residents. It also gives a sense of security for the staff that um, things aren't going to go awry. And then, you know, it, it, it helps with the customer service as well. Make sure you're also focusing hard on your SEO. Um, if you're launching a rebrand, get those Google paper clicks up pretty quickly and, and focus on that but that's that's the majority of what i had for great any anybody else got any words of wisdom on when it comes to renovations i'm only gonna add a couple of things i agree with everything chelsea said but, but the one thing that i want to note is make sure you have a way of staggering that renovation right obviously do you your model leasing office first. But if you have vacant units, go ahead and start there. And uh, if you can do it during the summer months where students are not in there, it's going to be ideal because it's going to limit how many students are, are mad or angry with you as most of them want out in, in May anyways. So if you can complete the bulk work while they're away during you know winter break in November and then picking up again in, in the summer, that, that that's would be a really great. good point. Yeah, that's a really good yeah. point. Plus, I was also going to add for rebranding as far as 
kind of from an operational standpoint, you want to look at everything that you have in your inventory that has the old name. So scrubbing that out, looking at the uniforms for the staff, the signage, your online presence, any marketing collateral, reordering all of that, then doing a marketing blitz with the press release to local outlets is important to let them know of the rebranding guerrilla marketing efforts, obviously, on campus to introduce a new name. And then as far as renovations, having true communication with your resident base, this common area is going to be down within these dates. Maybe your unit's going to be affected within these dates. So true communication to your resident base. And then also progress reports, just like you would in due death. Um, and then going live when certain areas of the community are, are up and running and they you know build the hype and get excited for the residents about that. And then doing an unveiling party at the end when everything is completed always also helps. But um, yeah, that, that's my advice on renovations and, and rebranding in general. Well, great. Well, guys, thanks so much. There, there's been just a ton of information. I think our audience is certainly better for it. And, and thanks so much for, for your time. And we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks. Well, there you have it, guys. That's our episode for today. Thanks so much for listening. If uh, if you made it to the end of this, again, thanks for your support. Make sure you tell folks about Student Housing Insight. We love getting uh, new folks that are coming into student housing, getting them plugged in and being a resource for them. So if you know anybody new uh, that's coming to the student housing industry, make sure, you know, give them our early Christmas present. If, uh, if you're listening to this before Christmas and send the link to them and, and, you know, let them know how much it's, it's done for you and how much of a tool it is for yourself and, and share that news. Well, guys, thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. And thanks again for listening. Mm-hmm.